Good morning and welcome everybody. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Okay, so do you remember yesterday when I said I was hyped because I was getting a sick payout on yes, my bike? Like, yes. shout out insurance companies for doing stuff like that. Yeah, so I went and picked the bike up yesterday and, like, it's written off, you know, yes. like, I'm not allowed to ride on the road, but it's fully working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the wheels aren't bent and, like, it's running and everything, so what does that mean? Paddock Ultimate basher. paddock basher. Like, Bring someone hit me up or whatever. We'll find it. Someone, someone I know has a paddock, so I'm just gonna just find out who that is and just... Do laps, because it'll be awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, as soon as we are off air, I will give you a list of suggestions. Of uh, people who have addicts. Indeed. And then we can go and hang out and ride scooters on on the grass. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, like, super stoked on that. I think um, you should organise, like, a Pathfinder, um, learn how to ride a scooter exercise. <laughs> yes. The scooter badge. <laughs> the motorbike badge. Yes. Oh, Pathfinder's like scouts. It's like same kind of thing. So, yeah. That is genius. All right, let's let's do this. Let's, let's hook this absolutely, up. Absolutely, let's get this absolutely. going. All right, La, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for Americans. <laughs> yeah, okay. there's a reason I'm grateful for Americans. <laughs> Ooh, a big apart call from, at this apart, time. Apart big fact, call at this time. <laughs> apart from the fact that I'm married to an American, but the thing I love most about Americans is the ones who haven't travelled. Yeah, they've never been outside of America. Yeah, they think Australia is such a dangerous place. That's awesome. It's just, it's the, just best. the best. It's so much fun. We have this really big, powerful nation on Earth, and we can absolutely freak them out just by saying random things. I have a spider <laughs> in my roof. That is just it, the it best. Is, it is. It is so much fun. Uh, what my, is my that? sister-in-law okay. is coming to visit, and she's never been to Australia before, and all of her friends are telling her freakishly scary things about how dangerous Australia <laughs> is. Like, oh, we can't believe you're going to that country. It's like, yes, we all die in this country by the age of three. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, there's a 100% mortality rate in Australia. <laughs> Everyone who comes here has died. <laughs> This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. This is the Downing Family with the Master's Hand. Holding to the mask 
Welcome back. That was the Downing family here on Faith FM with the Master's Hand. This is the Breakfast Show, Double L Team. We're about to give you the first clue for the quiz. Get ready to call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Lawson, what do you got for us? Okay, this is a What Creature Am I quiz. Oh, a critic quiz. I like critic quizzes. Okay, What Creature Am I? Okay, I hope I pronounce this correctly. Queen... Athalia, A- yes. Athalia was killed at the yes. entrance of the gate bearing this name. Yes. Oh, yes. Lyle doesn't know. Lyle, Lyle doesn't know. Nope. Ah. I knew. Actually, I was like fully... Because I do that a lot. I'm always like, nah, Lyle doesn't know what it is. And then you'll say it and I'll be like, oh, shame. But you didn't know. So that means double prizes up for grabs this morning. one 800 324 I was sure it was that gate. I still am. Anyway. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Next next clue will reveal the answer. Yes, it Mm. will. Queen Athaliah. She was another Jezebel. Ah, okay. Uh What a daughter of Jezebel. She was the daughter of Jezebel. Okay. Uh Not a uh, not a not a super sound person. To- she was not sound person at all. <laughs> she was a full blown psycho. <laughs> okay, Lyle. First story for today. 
Yes. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Uh, yeah. Well, relatively. I don't know if it'll be completely yeah, blown, super- but I'm like, Why I'm not? pretty sure this is like, this is super interesting to me. So, amidst like what we've been seeing in the world of, this is specifically about health, what we've been seeing in the world of health with, um, you know, uh, like, at the moment, a lot of our lifestyle diseases are either increasing or their decline of them is act- the decline of them. For example, with heart disease, it's it's slowing. So basically, yes. we're seeing a, like a plateau. This is not due to better lifestyle; it is due to better medication. No, but we're seeing an actual increase of these things. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So, so these things were like, for example, in the in the particular case of heart disease, it was declining. And its decline is slowing. It's plateauing in its right. decline, and it's the trend we, is that okay, it's yeah, about yeah. to increase. But um, yeah, in, I, I, I knew some years back that it was declining, and that was due to medication, not to lifestyle. But mm. now our lifestyle is so bad that it's overcoming medication. But this is the same with cerebro, cerebrovascular disease, um, and actually a very heavy increase in Alzheimer's at the moment. We're seeing these these gnarly diseases like just fully taking off. But you know what? Mm. This was this blew my mind. Since 1990, there has been a 29% drop in the cancer mortality rate. Yeah, that's in, that is absolutely correct. And I was like, I read this this morning, and I was like, my eyes nearly fell out of my head. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you for real? Mm-hmm. That is awesome. But especially, like, the gap between um, the cancer mortality rate between uh, 2018 and 2019, there's been, like, a 1.5% average over every single year. But in these last two years, they've seen the biggest drop, which is around 3%. Um so yeah, I was like, I was really shocked. I was. Yeah, and it's one of those things where our research happen. into cancer treatments has probably been, um, yeah. It, it, well, there's, there's there's so much more that you can do it as far as research goes because heart disease is pretty simple, mm. and there's only so much you can do with heart disease. Mm. It's basically lack of circulation is heart yeah. disease, and. So it doesn't have as big a field for research as cancer does. Mm. And so we've been able to funnel massive amounts of resources into cancer research. And once again, this is not a case of our lifestyles improving because the increase, mm. you know, heart disease overtaking medication mm. uh, is proof that our lifestyles are actually going down the tube. But we have done really well with our cancer research. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's um, going to be there's going to be a, a, a fruitful field for research for you know many 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 decades to come. Mm. But you know, the ultimate the ultimate solution to cancer and heart disease and diabetes uh, is lifestyle. Yes, these making are those lifestyle changes. Lifestyle that you, need to, you know, we mm. all know what we need to do. Um, cut out the uh, cut out the alcohol. Cut out the um, flesh, meat, mm. and uh, get back to a simpler plant-based diet and add in the exercise, um, you know, along with the other things like fresh water and fresh air and, you know, keeping your um, stress levels down, etc. Uh, but those are your two big ones, is diet and exercise. Get those two sorted out and you've basically pulled the teeth of all three of those big diseases. Mate, you heard it here first. This is what you need to do. That's right. But yeah, it was just, I was, I was really, I was, 
I was stoked. I was like, that's awesome. Um, of course, it, it, it's actually interesting that we've seen the biggest, and this makes sense as to what you've said, you know, where where the money is, that's where the most research is going and, and whatnot. Um, and in our, f- like the four major cancers, which is, um, you know, lung, breast, prostate, and col- colorectal, um, all of those ones have the biggest decreases, like the biggest yeah. decrease in in mortality rate. So, yeah, it's just really great to see. I'm like, man, we're taking strides with this. But obviously, if we're seeing you know, and, an and increase... And you look at you look at how lifestyle affects those kind of cancers, like uh, breast cancer, for instance. You've got five times the likelihood of getting breast cancer if you are an alcohol drinker. Mm. You know, five times higher chance of getting breast cancer. It's just, it's just insane. It's off the charts. We've, done, we've also done... I'll tell you the other area that we've done really, really well, and this is a lifestyle change that we have excelled at in Australia and we mm. really need to pat ourselves on the back on this one, is cutting down the rates of smoking. Mm. And the rates of smoking in Australia, dropping to around about 12%, have had a massive, massive impact in reducing the rates of cancer in this country, along with uh, you know, some of the other sort of really obvious ones like um, you know, cutting down on the, the use and being much more careful with asbestos. Mm. Um, and so industrial kind of cancers. Mm. Um, these are areas where you know, modern research has, um, has done really well at reducing the incidence of these diseases. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Next, okay, this, this is another like, really interesting one that I read this morning. This is another one to do with health, but in industrial, indus- the industrial effects on health. Um, the University of California, San Diego, um, published a study where they basically said the reduction um, and the closing down of um, cold-fired power plants in specifically in California have been linked to a- around 26,000 averted deaths and higher crop yields in farm on farms. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Basically, the smog that they were producing and the effect that they were, that was having on people, you know, um, like, and where you could see that clearest. And I think, you know, we're, we're seeing it a lot, um, in Australia at the moment with the, all the smoke from the yeah. fires is yep. the effect that that has on the elderly population and, you know, the, the stress that that puts on the body. Um, because there's been such a reduction in smog because of the, the shift away from coal into natural gas, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're estimating around 26,000 deaths have been, have been averted because of this thing. That's amazing. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. So this is like, my dad is just the best. I just love him so much. He's just such a, he's like a simple genius in this. Uh huh. Your dad, that is your dad. It is the best. And it's in this way. He says to me, like, you know, there's this whole debate, right? Over, over climate change and whether it's man made or not. And he's like, look, Lawson. I'm going to talk about this in the next section. Oh, sweet. You want to know about climate change and where I stand on climate change? I'm going to talk about it. This is what he says. He's like, look, Lawson, if you went and put a sheet over your house and you backed a car up to your house and put the sheet over the car as well and then turn the car on, are you going to die? It's like yes, you you're gonna get you need carbon poisoning and you you're going to die. And it's like okay, well our world is a planet that has a giant sheet over it. That's our atmosphere, and we have all these cars making all this pollution. How is that not gonna have an effect on our world? And I'm like, man, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And and specific- okay, all right, let me let me throw a curve. Oh, here a we go. Yeah, here comes a curveball. What if you have a filter system mm. as that stuff is going in under the sheet? 
Why? Otherwise known as trees. Yes. To take the carbon dioxide out. Yeah, sure. This, there is a there is a counterbalance. Oh, to the we, we do yeah. have a we do have a full on like a counterbalance, but then that, then it goes into the argument of like the heavy deforestation that's happening that's limiting yeah, our it's filter. Just like look at Australia right now; it's got no forest left; it's all burned up. But, but the but the point I think that uh, Dad was making that I see from this article is very clear. Like, okay, burning coal makes smog, and smog, although like everyone's arguing about the effect that it has on the temperature on the of the Earth, like there is very clearly an effect on health because smog is there smog. is there is. No bad outcome to cleaning up the atmosphere. There just isn't. There is no bad outcome there. Someone show me a bad outcome to cleaning up the atmosphere, please. So, so yeah, that's where we're at. This is Stones of Even with Walk Amongst the Trees.
of the unseen world above We're surrounded by His love Welcome back, guys. That was Stones of Eden with Walk Among the Trees. You're listening to Faith FM. Lawson, another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us? Okay. What creature am I? David said this creature is is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its strength, it cannot save. Okay, so we uh, you were mentioning uh, something about climate change here just a moment ago. Uh-huh. And I wanted to, yeah, give a bit of perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Lawson's peering over at my notes here like, what's he going to say? <laughs> okay, so um, we do need to look at the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. We've uh, now got all of our research together for the last year to find out how we went. So in Australia, it was the hottest, driest year on record, being two degrees Celsius hotter than uh, the national average. That's the first time the time that an annual anomaly has mm. been that's the highest that's the highest temperature for an annual anomaly so you have a you know you, you're always going to have a few hot years every now and then hot weather and cold weather is cyclical there's no mm. question about that nobody's going to deny that but this is the hottest annual anomaly that has ever been recorded um, it was also the driest year on record with 40% less rain than average for Australia, and Australia is the driest continent on the planet, and so to have 40% less rain, that's uh, very, very dry indeed. But that's also uh, including the fact that Queensland was flooded. Nearly three-quarters of a million cattle were destroyed in the floods. Lake Eyre was filled up with water, um, and uh, there was an AFL match in Canberra during a snowstorm. So yeah. You know, there has been some rain in some parts of Australia, but it is still 40% less than Mm. the average for Australia. Uh, Last January was the hottest month on record for the continent of Australia. And in December, December 17 was the hottest day on record for the continent of Australia. Uh, That record, which had stood for many years, was broken the next day, December 18 which then became the hottest day on record. And we nearly had the trifecta on the 19th, but not quite. Mm. Uh, We do have the largest bushfire devastation that the country has ever faced, uh, with more land being destroyed than has ever been before in any of our other big bushfire years. And so, you know, you have this debate raging at the moment over climate change. Mm. Now, I think that it's safe to say that there's nothing that Australia can do to affect climate change uh, because 
our population is simply too small and our industry is just you know a minuscule drop in the ocean compared to the rest of the industry of the world does that mean that we shouldn't be cleaning up our atmosphere absolutely not and of course the other you know some of the big big discussions over climate change and you read the arguments backwards and forwards and all of these scientists you know this way that way the other way um <clears throat> And they said, well, you know, nobody can deny climate change because the climate changes. Yeah. The climate has been changing for the last 4,000 years. Mm. We once had an ice age. We no longer have that. That mm. is called climate change. Anybody who says that climate change is not a thing has not looked at the fact that, you know, the world's oceans used to be much higher than they are right now. You can see that. That's a visible mm. thing. That's observable. We know this. Uh, so, so climate change is, is a thing. The question is whether it is man-made or not. Now, I really don't care whether it is man-made or not. As I said earlier, there is nothing negative about cleaning up our planet. The question that really goes through my mind is, what should we be expecting in our day and age? Now, I believe and I'm convinced. In fact, let me just say this. The evidence is crystal clear. Mm. Jesus is coming soon. Yes. Plain and simple. Anyone who denies that is denying the obvious. And the only way that you would actually deny such a thing is if you had a very cursory understanding of the Bible. Mm. The question that goes through my mind is, all right, we know that Jesus is coming back soon. What should we expect as far as the climate goes? We talked about this briefly yesterday, wars and rumors of wars. I'm going to come back and talk about that more if I get time. Um, famines and pestilences and diseases in different places, uh, the sea and the waves roaring. And when you talk about famines and you know the ocean roaring, that is climate affected. Mm -hmm. that, is, that, that, is, that is the result of climate change. So I thought I'd have a bit of a, a, a look through the Bible and you know look at some of the other passages uh, where the Bible talks about climate change and um, and what we should be expecting. In our day and age. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 24, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants. There's an end time prophecy right here. For they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Can anybody deny that? Hmm. Well, therefore, I haven't finished reading, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are scorched. Hmm. Rather blunt. Okay. Kind of okay. Well, then yes. this is this is. A, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Ah, I'm going to throw here you comes, a curveball. Is this rather talking about morality? Well, there's no question that's talking about morality. But like, rather than like man-made climate change, that talking about oh, the, the oh, morality hey, of the this, world. You raise a very good point. I am not a scientist. I am not qualified to state whether the climate change we see happening right now is man-made or not man-made. Mm-hmm. But I am qualified to speak about morality. That's something that in um, Christian ministry we kind of do for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I am qualified to speak about what the Bible says about the conditions of the world at the end of time. Mm -hmm. um, there's some other interesting passages that are worth considering, um, which I did write down. And where did they go? Okay, so Revelation chapter 16 and verse 18. And this is talking about the plagues. And I'm not saying that we are living under the plagues now. Mm hmm but the Bible does say the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. It was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched with fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues and they did not repent and give him glory. Mm. That is climate change. Yes. 
Um, and nobody can deny that. That's what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. We have not experienced that yet, but we will experience that in the future. Uh, let me see what else here. Let's go down to... Oh, that's an interesting one in, in uh, Deuteronomy. Take care lest your heart is deceived and you turn aside and, aside and serve other gods and worship them. And the anger of the Lord is kindled against you and he shut up the heavens that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit and you'll perish off the good land that the Lord is giving you. Mm. You know, the, Bible's, the Bible gives is very clear that um, part of the result of turning away from God is drought. Mm. You know, the Bible talks about other things in other places, but we are drought affected right now. And I believe that as a nation, we need to come back to God and we need to come back to prayer because that then places God in a position where he can intervene. Um, Psalms 102, verse 25 and 26, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. Mm. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. You know, the Bible here describes our world at the end of time as being worn out like a garment. Mm. And that's pretty clear language right there that our world is is just wearing out. And the fact is, you look around at our world right now, and it is wearing out, and that would be rather discouraging if you did not have faith that Jesus is coming back soon. One of the other signs, of course, that Jesus is coming back soon is wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had more time to talk about this this morning. Maybe I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But, of course, we've got uh, Iran and the United States throwing world missiles War three. at each other at the moment. Um, and I'm wondering whether there is a listener out there who can name a single improvement that has been brought to the Middle East as a result of war, and <laughs> was it worth spending one drop of blood of the finest Americans and Australians and British and whoever else has gone and fought there? Was it worth their blood to do that? Mm. You know, Why can't we just back out of the Middle East and let them fight each other? Why do we have to go over there and spend our good men and women, you know, in in conflicts over there? I, to me, um, this, you know, and you look at all of those nations over mm. there. Which one is better off? <laughs> name one that is name one that has where, where the where it has made the world a better place. You know, there's an old saying that goes, you know, if I if if I make my enemy my friend, I have conquered my enemy, and maybe that would be a better way of conquering our enemies mm. in the Middle East. Maybe that would be a better way of pulling the teeth of terrorists is not giving them um, a way of being able to recruit people to their cause mm. or at least reducing that rather than increasing it. Anyway, that's kind of my rant for the day. I've got a lot more <laughs> I could rant on that one. Um, that is awesome. Like <laughs> stupid wars. Oh, man. Uh, Scarlett Fletcher. Nothing in this world. There is nothing in this world that can truly satisfy me like Jesus, Jesus love, for his love is truly deeper, truly pure. 
Welcome back, guys. That was Carly Fletcher with Nothing in This World. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Lawson? Okay, what? Oh. Hey, well, so, it helps, oh, it helps my microphone was on. off. Okay, here we go. What creature am I? Lyle still doesn't know this, so double prizes are up for grabs. 1-800-324-843. Okay, what creature am I? Hey, I know this clue. Okay, James tells... How we can control this creature, but we cannot control our tongues. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, Lyle knew what it was. No more, no more double no, prizes no more available, double but prizes. if you do know the answer, give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843 and you'll get a single prize. Uh, 0491-064-669 if you would like to send a text message. Joining us from the uh, bushfire region this morning is Justin Epps to tell his story. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Justin, uh, just wondering a bit of an intro. Uh, whereabouts do you live and which bushfire were you recently facing? Well, I live outside of about 20 kilometres outside of a small town called Tumbarumba, which is on the New South Wales southwest slopes. So to my east is the Snow Mountains, and uh, just north of me is Batlow, Tumut, and south of me is Victoria, Corriong. So we're about six hours' drive from Sydney. Um, so the fire started uh, just northwest of Batlow, which is about, by road, 60 kilometres from my house. And on Monday the 30th, so it went through the night and got to my place New Year's Eve uh, about 10.30 in the morning. Did you have uh, a good advance warning of the approach of the fire? Uh, we, knew, we knew the fire had that low, but being so far away, we weren't concerned. It started from a lightning strike, but... Early in the morning on the website, because there's so much smoke around, you keep up to date with the RFS website. Uh, we found out it was at Tumbarumba. Um, I still wasn't. We were preparing, but I we were shocked by the speed of it. I'm down in a little valley, quite a narrow valley, and there's absolutely no breeze here. So I'm thinking, how how on earth is this fire coming so quickly when there was no wind? Um, so we didn't have much warning. Um, so we started really getting active here at about 8 in the morning, just doing a bit of clearing, getting all the hoses, sprinklers ready, and then by 10.30 it was on top of us. If you had your time over again, would you uh, would you be a lot better prepared than what you were? In a you know, bushfire-prone area, um, I'm on 100 acres surrounded by bush on 1.2 kilometres from the main road or from our nearest road. But just totally surrounded, so I'm pretty well prepared. Um, 
hampered somewhat by legislation, how much you can clear. But we were pretty, uh, we, we cleared what we could, uh, you know, years ago and, and kept it, kept the grass short. Uh, another hour or two would have been nice. Um, before we knew it, it was on top of us. So it was hard to think where to put some of the sprinklers. It came from a direction I thought we would never, um, be in danger. It came from our north. Usually a fire would have come from the west around to the south. So it came from a direction which I wasn't really prepared for. So yeah, we would have been, a few more hours would have been better. That's for sure. But, um, we got large water tanks. I filled them all up by our creek before it ran dry about a month ago. Uh, so I had, um, hundred and, 40,000 litres of water. I got a lot of outlets, a lot of hoses, a lot of sprinklers. So we never felt we were in any danger, um, even though it was scary, but we still weren't really nervous or anxious. And afterwards, um, after it goes through, it's just this surreal feeling. You, you think to yourself, did we actually go through that? And as I debriefed with my wife and son, um, the three of us here, um, none of us ever felt that we were in any danger. Um, we were well clothed, fully covered. Um, we had plenty of water. Would have been nice to have some goggles. Our eyes were sore for days. My, my eyes were in bed for three days. I couldn't read. They were just so dry. Um, breathing was affected or smoke inhalation. Would have been nice to have a respirator as well. So, yeah, in some ways, yeah, we could have been more prepared, that's for sure. So what was it actually like at the as the fire front passed over? What were what were you experiencing as that took place? The first shock is that, like I said, it was so still. But when the fire came, it brought its own weather with it. So we had winds, I would say, over 100 kilometres an hour. Several times, the three of us, we were kind of... Um, we went all together. We, I got a, a house and a separate shed and a separate garage, so we were all, all scattered, but still within visual contact of each other just. It's very dark. Um, the wind was so bad, sometimes you have to hide behind the wall so it wouldn't knock you over. It was red. The, 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 um, the sky, the, everything was red, a dark, a real dark red. Um, once the fire hit, there was wind from every direction so the embers weren't just coming from the north the way the fire came it was it was going back into the fire it was going east to west west to east just embers everywhere the noise is they say it's like a freight train or like a boeing and that's very correct the noise is horrendous um come it was coming downhill so opposite the humans fire travels slower slower downhill but you still could not have outrun it there was just before it hit us, there was like a heap of maybe a dozen wallabies, kangaroos trying to outrun the fire. Um, and, um, and then it went, it passed through us. So it was pretty full on for maybe 15 minutes, but we were still on hoses for several hours and it passed, kept going down across our creek up the next hill. And it was, it was honestly that, that, that hillside was on fire within minutes after it came to us. Um, my wife, I don't know how she found time, but my wife took this wonderful photo of my, from up our shed, which is above our house, at our sun, and uh, you can see the, the mountain, the hill 
in the background, that's all red, and then you see all the stumps and trees on fire as well, so it's glowing. You can see a darker red in amongst all the other reds, but smoke was horrendous as well. How, how close did it come to your buildings? Actual flames? Uh, meters. Yep. Uh, no, fly, um, no, just... Oh uh, well, we we're, we're thirty. We have we have thirty meters cleared to any tree or shrub. So the flames were just in the grass. The grass was kept short. So flames were probably ten meters from the buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it spots as well. So fires were starting just before it came, and in some situations, I just let let it spot. Um, I thought, well, that's taking away some of the, the fire and heat before it came until I got too close and I just put a hose on it. As, as, as a man of faith, how do you prepare for the arrival of uh, an event like this? Spiritually prepared. You have to be intelligent. Yeah, well, spiritually prepared means to be practically prepared as well. So we're practically prepared as much as we could in the time frame that we had. Spiritually, well, you do your best. And then you just leave the rest up to the Lord, um, let his will and way go, and, and we should be um, have the faith to to uh, be content with whatever he would have us to happen to us. Um, I suppose easy enough to say, since our buildings are standing and, and none of us were hurt, but I'd like to think we'd have the faith to believe that God knows what's best, even if we lost the building. Do you feel that your faith gives you an extra layer of resilience? Oh, um, like we weren't anxious or, or really, really nervous about it. We just trusted in God. And once the fire went through and, of course, we were enshrouded uh, deep smoke for days on end, like a good week, and I just cleared it yesterday, um, although it's still smoky. And you just, you, I, every, everywhere we look is black and the tops of the trees, the leaves were green, now they're brown and they're falling. And just yesterday I was just looking around and getting a little bit depressed and then the Lord just told me, you know, his promises and you realise as a Christian, you realise that there is a plan, you realise that no matter with all this destruction around us that God knows what's happening and that God is still in control, even though at times it doesn't seem that way. Um, so I think that gives you more resilience. We we know through Bible prophecy that these things are going to happen. It's going to increase. The world's just getting more messed up. Um, and, uh, you, know, I just, you know, the news you've probably been talking about on your show, you know, between Iran and America, I mean, big things happening at the moment. But of course, down here we're focused on our little tragedy. Yeah, it sort of puts things into a different perspective when you uh, look at it like that, I guess. Um, Justin, I'm just wondering, um, what is the? You mentioned the the, uh, the trees, um, you know, being dead and brown. What about the wildlife? What are you What are you seeing and experiencing around your home as far as the wildlife goes? Well. Straight off the phone for maybe the next 24 hours, there was just deathly silence. There was no birds chirping. There was just nothing. Then the birds, some birds started to come back. I have no idea what they're eating. There's, there's no insects. There's no bees. There's, there's hardly even any flies around. It's just like death. There's a few wallabies 
um, hanging around. I'd stay out the water, some of our brown grass. Well, I was straight after the fire, I was watering because there's some wallabies that need grass. Um, in our bush, there's no grass. I, I even think even the grass roots have been burnt because it's like sand now, even though we don't have sandy soil, it's like walking on sand. But around the buildings, obviously, there's still the grass. Some of it's been burnt, some of it's brown. I've been watering that to try and get so the wildlife can uh, have some food. There's water. We left some water out in buckets, but there's still some pools of water down at the creek. Saw a couple of um, um, lyrebirds. Uh, they're easy to see now because they have no camouflage. There's nothing to hide behind. There's the wallabies, the roos, like I said, but just walking in the bush and we've only just been able to start doing that because of all the trees that have been falling down and the branches. Um, you do smell like decaying um, animals. Um, haven't seen any, but um, definitely those poor wallabies and roos that were running in front of the fire, I'd say only half of them made it. Um, up our next hill, the fire would have ripped up through there and they wouldn't have made it. So it's quite sad that Innocent critters are affected by these things. Mm. Um, so yeah. Now, Justin, the uh, obviously you're one of the lucky ones. Um, you're living in a community that's been hit pretty hard. What are the immediate needs down there? We were talking to a farmer um, a day or so ago who was talking about you know his biggest need is fencing because he's lost all of his fences. And so all of his stock and yes. his, his his cattle have just. But what what are the need, what are the what are the immediate needs that people have in your area? Well, it's still evacuated. Um, I think two hundred people stayed behind. Our town and the surrounding area. It's only about eighteen hundred people all up within town. A lot less than that. Two hundred stayed. The rest been evacuated to to Wagga, just like the nearby town of Batlow. Um, and Corion to our south, they got evacuated. They were affected by a different fire. At the moment, we have no communications down in town. I'm fortunate. I get, at the moment, I'm talking to you from the tower from Victoria on the mobile, but there's no mobile reception at all in Tumbarumba. There's no electricity, so they have no potable water because they treat their own water. There's no electricity to treat it. Um, I don't think there's any sewage happening at the moment. Just things like that. Um, our mill, which is our biggest employer, um, had to shut down, of course, because the workers evacuated and you can't get machinery and trucks into the forest to get the timber. Um, there's a couple of big blueberry farms just outside of town on the other side. They employ about 300 pickers this time of year, many from out of town, some from overseas. They've all had to be evacuated. So whatever blueberries um, survived the fire are just falling on the ground. So... There are many needs. Um, also, feed. There's uh, a lot of stock. I know they'll try and ship a lot of stock out. There's a lot of stock with no grass, um, so they're suffering. Um, but I think, I think longer term, um, oh, this place is a beautiful area, beautiful part of the of Australia, and normally, normally lush and green. It would wouldn't take much rain to get it nice and green again, and we get a lot of tourism. You could do with some tourists coming down once we've had some rain, um, bring some money into the economy. Like, all our shops are shut. There's no one around. Some of our shops are open for about an hour a day for from the locals. Um, so, yeah, we love to see some tourists come through. 
a lovely way to get down to the Victorian high country, come off the highway and come through Tumut Batlow, Cumber, Coriong. Um, it's a lovely way to get around the Threadbow, come the long way around from the west and go around through Cancove and Dedalus Gap and the Threadbow. Uh, some of the countryside around here just south of us through Tatuma. It must be the most, some of the most beautiful farmland you've got in the country in the fore, in the foreground, you've got lovely, um, the, the valley in the middle ground, you've got rolling hills and in the background, you've got the main range of the Kosciuszko National Park with the snow on top. So that's lovely as well. Mm. So yeah. love, to, love to see that happen. Justin, has been great talking to you this morning. Thank you so much for sharing and particularly talking about uh, some of the ways that we can contribute there in a practical way. We uh, do have to move on with the show. And this is uh, CC Winnens with Never Have to Be Alone. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM.
Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Tell the story Twill be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love Of Jesus and His love His love Jesus in 